Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. Due to budget cuts, tonight's show is brought to you by payphones, pagers, and postcards. You know, old-fashioned ways to communicate. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome. It is the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you on a bit of a jet lagged Tuesday evening. It is Tuesday, September 20th. Yes, and I am back from uh, seven, well, eight nights, uh, seven. Uh, how do you do that? Uh, seven nights, eight days on the uh, European continent and uh, suffering a little bit from jet lag. So thanks thanks to uh, caffeine, protein, and water, I am here with you tonight. On uh, tonight's show, on Pipe Parts, we'll talk about my trip. And then my guest is uh, Jason Kochi of Briarbird Pipes. We'll talk to Jason in just a little bit. And then uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on uh, tonight's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Um, <laughs> so the, uh, the one fun thing about, uh, in particular about going to Europe is that oftentimes when you're in a, uh, in a hotel room, the only English-speaking TV station that you can get is uh, the BBC's World News Network. Um, which really only gives you the highlights of what's going on in the world and doesn't really go in depth into any one area in particular. Uh, in, uh, of note, the five, uh, four nights that I was in uh, Dortmund, Germany, that was I was the only English-speaking news channel I could get, and the hotel's wireless internet was really good down in the lobby, but not real good up in the, in the hotel rooms itself. So I kind of, uh, I got my, my last night I spent sitting around in the, uh, in the hotel room, enjoying the fact that I could get a couple of different, uh, news stations and get caught up on the news, including the, uh, leak of oil or gas line leak that has caused a, a gas shortage here in the Carolinas and a couple other States around there. And then I started sweating because my car was parked at the airport for eight days. And I remember specifically, I was kind of low on gas, but had enough to get to the airport. So that was, uh, that kind of made it a little interesting. Um, I did get home and, and found uh, that regular gas was out, but, uh, you know, the, the mid-grade and the, uh, and the premium were fine. Just prices were just a little bit higher than normal. <laughs> All right, so I'm home. Rested up, a little tired from, uh, you know, still getting adjusted, but got a good days of rest in me. So let's get the show rolling. Everybody sit back, relax, fire up a bowl. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you to the Sutliff Tobacco Company. Here we go. What are you looking for in a pipe? Is it the quality of aged briar? Is it a certain shape or finish? Maybe it's the sound engineering that ensures an effortless, smooth draw with each and every puff. That's exactly the kind of pipe Savinelli has delivered for generations now. With such a variety of shapes, finishes, and sizes, it's easy to find something that fits your sensibility and style. Just this year, we've expanded our lineup to include the Bianca, the Lancelotto, the 2015 Collection, and the final installment in the Leonardo da Vinci line, the Vitruvio. 
for a bolder style, try our more colorful 2015 editions as well. The exotic cashmere, the sultry licoricea, and the striking archipelago red. So whatever you're looking for in a pipe, know there's a Savinelli waiting for you. Contact your local or online retailer to find your Savinelli today. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. All right, so uh, the reason for this trip is uh, primarily is the inter Tobac show in uh, Dortmund, Germany. And with my position of head of sales and marketing for the Sutliff Tobacco Company, which is a division of McBaron, uh, my main goal is to go there and represent the products that we in Richmond, Virginia can manufacture and sell across the globe. Uh, so it's an international, it's primarily international export sales for our U.S. market. A um, couple of little tricks in it. One, the, uh, the, the European Union, our products don't qualify because of packaging and other requirements. So it's mainly, uh, not, it's all non-European countries that we're looking for meeting with all right so the trip started off on uh on a with a with a two-night trip to uh, denmark and meeting with the uh, sales folks from uh from mcbaron and trying to talk to the ones that deal with those other countries non-european union and visiting with them and then uh, normally i'd also look and see what mcbaron's got new coming out because we would be getting it here but that didn't happen uh, can't happen because of the FDA. So we end up in uh, in Dortmund, Germany, and you know a couple of really good meals in in Denmark, and then we get over we get to Dortmund. Um, I you'll see on uh, on my Facebook page, and I'll post it on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show page on Facebook that I took as many pictures as I could of things that I thought were interesting on the way there and roaming around, including the beer and the Whopper that I had at the uh, truck stop in Germany. Wonderful. Just really tasty. Um, In the Inter-Tobac show, it is everything that is tobacco related. So cigarettes, cigars, chewing tobacco, and everything that you can think of. It takes up seven or eight different halls of this convention and uh, fair facility. Um, it is just endless, including a lot of the global leaf tobacco suppliers. So you'll see some pictures on there of uh, tobacco from Greece and Germany and some of the American tobacco growers and suppliers. They're all there exhibiting. I mean, this is the one big international total tobacco-related show. Uh, my job during that time is to stay inside of the McBaron booth area and be ready for whatever of our international customers come in and potentially talk to uh, some new international customers. So that's what I spent most of my day doing, uh, sitting and sitting or standing in their booth, helping out where I could, uh, smoking a lot of the new stuff that they have coming out there that we can't get here. So that was not a lot of fun. Um, but again, just spending time talking to as many people as possible. Uh, the fun parts of the events include a uh, dinner at a uh, at a German brew house, 
where the beer was made probably the day before and we were drinking it the next day and it was absolutely wonderful. Uh, at this point, I will make one comment about beer in Denmark and Germany versus beer in the United States of America. Uh, most of the beer there is 3.2%, 3.4% alcohol by volume. Uh, it's really good tasting. I prefer Pilsners. They're very light, fresh tasting. Uh, and I can drink a lot of them without having any problems. It's all really good beer, real tasty, and lower alcohol content. So, hey, five or six beers in an evening, not a big deal for me. Um, Friday night was a uh, company dinner hosted by the importer of McBaron in Germany. Uh, I was uh, lucky enough to be invited by Tom Palmer from Peterson to sit at to sit with him and his son Connor for dinner, and we just had a great time. Just wonderful people. Uh, Saturday evening, uh, later on in the day on Saturday, Arno, the Dutch pipe smoker, came by the booth, and we visited for a while, and then three of us walked over and sat and had a beer and relaxed, and that was uh, nice and just wonderful to visit with, and uh, also wonderful to hear what he was excited about in the... Uh, uh, coming up in the European market, so you'll have to watch his blog again. That's the Dutch Pipe Smoker. Uh, the other folks that were uh, of note that were wonderful to run into, uh, Bob Gregory and Ian Walker, Bob of uh, Samuel Goweth and Ian Walker of Northern Briars. We always have a good laugh, have a couple of beers together, and did the same this year. And uh, poor Bub was the uh, butt of as many jokes as possible as he fired them back at me as quickly as possible. Uh, but good times had by all and wonderful people to visit with. And uh, then the uh, final day of Sunday, I did get a chance to walk around the show a little bit. And that's when I took all those pictures, got to see uh, a couple of folks, Shane and Ted from uh, smokingpipes.com were out there visiting and just got to see a bunch of pipes. I mean, it's, it's really more pipe centric than the IPCPR is. Uh, also, I got to uh, got invited to a taste testing of Jonathan Drew of Drew Estates. He's got some new bourbons and uh, rums that he's making. That got to do a taste testing of really like the bourbon. It's kind of a mashup of bourbon and rum, and it's uh, it's really different and good. And then on the way home yesterday, uh, my flight in the morning from Dusseldorf. There's. Jonathan Drew and his father on the plane, and we visited in the airport in Dusseldorf, and then we get off the plane, and we just kind of hung out for about two hours in uh, London, so it was really good to connect with him. Uh, one of the benefits for me going to this show is because it is smaller than the IPCPR for the U.S. manufacturers. I do get to talk to a lot of the U.S. cigar guys casually during the day, and it's nice to get caught up with them without the pressures of the full-blown IPCPR. Uh, and then from the Chicago Pipe Show standpoint, uh, it's, you know, a little less paced than the Chicago Pipe Show. And, uh, so some of us pipe guys get a chance to hook up. So take a look at my Facebook page. Again, take a look at the Pipes Magazine radio show page and, uh, you'll see some of the pictures from the show. All right. In just a minute, Jason will be on the phone with me. <laughs> 
This is Internet Radio. Craftsmanship, history, tradition. These are the hallmarks of all quality products. From the finest wines bottled in France to the most highly engineered automobiles manufactured in Germany. Denmark has been the one country in the world where craftsmanship, history and tradition have for centuries created the finest pipe tobaccos in the world. Since 1887, the Halberg family have led the pipe tobacco industry through their ownership of Mac Baron Tobacco Company and they continue to create the most sought-after blends in the world today, just as they did over 100 years ago. In keeping with their long history of providing the world with the best tobacco on earth, Mac Barron is proud to announce their newest creation, Modern Virginia, as a loose-cut version and a flake version. Bright and dark, rich Virginia tobaccos have been combined with just a hint of burley for strength in this soft and smooth smoke with delicious fruit undertones. As the world leader in flake tobacco production, Mac Barron is sure that this blend will appeal to the true connoisseurs of traditional Virginia flake tobacco, as well as those who like their tobaccos on the sweeter side. Enjoy the culmination of centuries of experience by picking up a tin of Modern Virginia from Mac Barron Tobacco Company. Available at fine tobacconists everywhere. Welcome back to the Pipes Magazine radio show. And uh, hey, tonight's show is going to the birds. Uh, Briarbird Pipes. The pipe maker of Briarbird himself is with us, so please welcome Jason Kochi to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Thank you. All right, so let's let's get to know you a little bit. Uh, where'd you grow up? At what point in your life did you discover you wanted to be a pipe maker, and uh, what did you want to be before that? Okay, so I am from a small town in Ohio, which there's plenty of them here, um, <laughs> Bellevue. Very small town. Um not a whole lot to do here, but yeah, uh, as far as the pipe making goes, um, you know, I, I smoked a pipe when I was younger, and actually probably when I wasn't actually legally allowed to smoke the pipe, but... Wait, was there legal was stuff done. in the pipe? Absolutely, it was okay. always pipe tobacco. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but uh, I, yeah, so I, I very much enjoyed it. And then I kind of got away from the hobby for a little while. And I think probably around 2006, I, I decided I wanted to make my own pipes. So, you know, I bought a briar kit with the stem, and, and it looked horrible. And, but I was so proud of it and loved it and enjoyed it. And then I kind of got away from it again. And probably, I think it would have been around 2010, 2011, started getting into it again and, and really wanted to, you know, get the tooling to be able to do this. And uh, it kind of, yeah, it kind of went from there. Just uh, anything that, I, I like to be creative. So anything that you can use your hands and create things, that that's my sort of thing. So that's kind of how I got into it. Where do you think that creativity or the, the desire for creativity came from? Um, I am also a musician. I, I love music, and uh, uh, I think that there's kind of no better way to express yourself than through that, so it, it's kind of in my blood, I guess. When did you start playing, and what do you play? Uh, I mostly play guitar, but I dabble a little bit in mandolin, banjo, piano. Um, I started playing probably when I was 
oh, 12, 13 years old and was in bands for the good part of my high school years. And, uh, yeah, just something I've always loved. Did you ever get to play like a high school dance in front of your entire school? <laughs> you know, I, I think that we played something like that. And it was, you know, it was one of those things where all of us guys in the band were like, do you really want to do this? I mean, we, we knew that it was probably not going to be that cool of a thing, but it turned out all right, though. It wasn't too bad. Oh, see, I thought you would have gotten all the girls come running up to you afterwards and you would have been set for life from there. <laughs> if only, if only. <laughs> I mean, it is, you know, it is small town stuff and the and the high school dance is a big thing. That is true. And, you know, they, they definitely enjoyed it. So that's yeah. that's the good thing about it. So let's go back to pipes for a minute. So was your... the. The first pipe, was it one of the ones that you carved yourself that you really started smoking? Um, so you're asking me if that was the first one? Yeah, I mean, that it, I was, that, was that one that you carved yourself, was that really the, uh, the, the first pipe that you started smoking on a regular basis, or did you try buying other brands and dabbling around? Well, before that, before I ever made a pipe, I had a, a what was it, like a Hilson Mm -hmm. and some no-name rusticated pipe, which I absolutely loved and wish I still had. <laughs> but, yeah, when I kind of got back into it, it was definitely from making a pipe. In fact, I kind of made a vow to myself that I would not have a pipe until I actually made a pipe for myself. So I wouldn't smoke any pipe tobacco until I made one for myself. Wow. All right, so yeah. one, once you made that one for yourself, what tobaccos did you start out with? I love English blends, so anything I could get my hands on, I was uh, all about the English blends. I, I, yeah, that's kind of always been my thing. Now, are you allowed to smoke those inside? No, my wife would absolutely kill me. Yeah, that's why you don't smoke those. You smoke nice-smelling tobaccos. <laughs> that's right that is right yeah but i love being outside so i can enjoy my english blends outside well half the year you can be outside that's true or in the garage yeah <laughs> all right so did did the music take you into any kind of a career or did you uh did you start a real job and then start making pipes um, well, the music thing was going good for quite some time, actually. When I got out of high school, um, we were invited to, our band was invited to play out at the, the Whiskey A Go-Go out in California Yeah. to audition for a big-time producer, and it was a lot of fun. It was great. We got to meet a lot of people. We got to uh, meet a lot of actual professional musicians and get their advice and take on things, and and then we came back to Ohio, and then we realized, well, we're in Ohio. You know, there's not really a, a whole lot that we could do here, especially because of our age. We were 18, 19 years old, so you know, it was more like sneaking in to play the bars with bands who were older that would get us in there and have to kind of tell the owners of the bar, hey, don't worry, these guys are cool, they can play with us. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so when and when and how did the music end? Um, well, that band, that first serious band, lasted for about six or seven years, and 
by that time, we were kind of all like, well, maybe we should go our separate ways, you know, with careers and college and girlfriends and whatever came, you know, into the the picture. But I, I still do music. I, I play in a, a cover band on the weekends, a couple weekends a month, just that way I can still continue to, to do it because I love it. Ah, uh, I mean, that had to be... I. I you know, I grew up in L.A. and used to go to the whiskey and all that stuff, and we used to see these young bands come in, and that, that had to be a wide-eyed experience getting out there and going, uh-oh. Oh, absolutely. That's for sure. I mean, and especially out there, there's so much competition. I mean, these these bands are, most of them are really, really good, you know, because they, you know, they want to get noticed. And you now we were kind of clueless, small-town Ohio guys, and, but it was it was still a great experience, though. Yeah, there's a little band like named Poison that I believe came from the Ohio, Pennsylvania area, and they were kind of clueless yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> they still might be. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, well, I'm dating myself. Um, all right, so let's go. <laughs> let, let's go back to pipe making. Uh, How did you get started with? I mean, seriously into pipe making. Um, well, using forums online I, I try to you know educate myself learn as much as possible from you know the guys that have been doing this for a while and you just kind of hang on every word that you you read of theirs and you know try to learn what equipment will I need to be able to do this seriously what kind of techniques you know do I need to learn and, and that sort of thing so yeah I mean just just kind of basically you know, learning as much as I could from the the big boys, so to say, on on the forums. You know. Yeah was was there a part of pipe making that was really hard for you to grasp at the start? Definitely, uh, pretty much all of it. Well, maybe <laughs> not. But you know, just uh, you know, the, the things like stem work and stuff like that. I mean, a, a, anybody who first makes or makes their first stem, it's just big chunky thing because you're so afraid you're going to go down too far and then have to start over um so definitely stem making was my my you know kind of uh problem area and how do we come up with the name briar bird pipes that's a good question <laughs> well that kind of stems back to the music thing actually so I wanted to start another band, however many years back, and I just wanted to kind of do like a little acoustic thing and, and talk to with some buddies, and we talked about calling it The Bird and the Briar. And Ooh. so that kind of fell through. I started getting serious with the pipe making, and I just decided to go with Briar Bird Pipes, which, you know, I, I don't know why I did it, but I guess I just like the, those words together. Yeah, well, what I think is kind of cool about it is that you really kind of made a brand instead of just coming out as, here's my name and here's my pipes. Yeah, and, you know, people have actually said that to me before. I, It wasn't something that was intentional, but, yeah. Uh, do do people actually call you Briarbird occasionally? Yes, very much so. It, it happens quite a bit. <laughs> So, so you've changed your name, and now you're no longer Jason, except at home. <laughs> there you go. Luckily, my wife hasn't called me yet. yet so, 
Yeah, well, you know, the, at home, the stage names don't work. That's a very good point, yes. All right, so tell us about the uh, the line. I mean, there's the albatross pipes, and then you have pipes that you use your own name on, and break it down for us. Okay, no problem. So my kind of normal 100% handmade pipe are just my Briarbird pipes. They're stamped with a little shield with the two Bs in it, and uh, that's kind of my most, well, it was my most common pipes. And then later on, the Albatross line came about because I, I kind of wanted to be able to do something that was, you know, more affordable. So with those, I use the, uh, the pre-molded stems, but I add the Delrin tenons to them and open up the airways, and I still shape the, the briar 100%. So it was kind of, it first started off as a technique for me to, you know, be able to make a bunch of shapes to get better at them, a bunch of billiards, a bunch of doublings, whatever, you know, just to be able to, you know, practice. And it turned out it was kind of a really good thing for me and uh, started, you know, selling a decent amount of them and, and really enjoying it actually as well. I, I do like stem making, but to be completely honest, I, I kind of have some uh, arthritis issues in my hand, and sometimes being able to do those albatross kind of helps me out a little bit as well. And then I do have, well, I've only made one pipe that I would consider under the J. Kochi line that would have, that was going to be kind of my, my higher grade uh, line of pipes, but I kind of, kind of abandoned in that because I, I still loved just making the briar birds and the albatross pipes. That's a perfect place for us to take a break, and I'm going to drop the worst pun ever, but when we come back, we're going to talk turkey about the price on briar bird pipes, so stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. I'm Jeremy Reeves head blender of Cornell & Deal Pipe Tobacco Company. At Cornell & Deal, we think the best things in life are better with age, and we are passionate about creating the best possible pipe tobacco available. Fueled by this passion, we introduced the Cellar Series, a collection of blends like no other. While the blends in this series are ready to smoke now, each one has been meticulously designed to optimize depth and complexity as the tobacco ages in the tin. Currently, the Cellar Series is comprised of Oak Alley, Chenay's Cake, Joie de Vivre, Old Grove, and Bourbon Blue, but we will be unveiling new additions to this very special series as time goes on. Pick up a tin to smoke now and save a few for later enjoyment, so that you can experience all the richness and subtlety each blend will reveal through the years. Cornell & Deal's Cellar Series. The secret ingredient is time. Contact your local or online retailer for information. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and uh, just to drop it one more time, we're going to talk turkey about pricing of Briarbird pipes. Uh, and one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on the show, Jason, is that where did the Albatross pipes start out at price-wise? Uh, those actually start off right around $85, and they usually don't go anything past 125 So it's kind of dependent on... Um, shape and size and finish for the pipes as far as pricing them. 
and the Briarbirds? Those start at two twenty-five, and I, you know, in all honesty, I usually try not to go anything over two fifty if it's kind of a more complicated piece, and it's you know they won't the the client would like beautiful, perfect, smooth grain. I mean, it does take a little bit longer, so I go up a little bit as far as that goes, but. Usually that two twenty five to two forty five range. And since you've only made one Jay Kochi pipe, we won't even talk about the price because I absolutely love the price range that you're in right now. Uh, Thank you. With the Briar Bird and the Albatross pipes, how many how many do you think you're able to make a year? Um, when I was doing it full time, which I actually I'm not doing it full time anymore, but. Uh, I was probably, I don't know, putting out a couple hundred pipes a year between both of them. Right now, I get to the shop about once or twice a week, twice a week on a good week. And um, this year, actually, in 2016, I've been mostly making albatross pipes. So I've probably only made a couple handful of uh, my brighter bird pipes. Yeah, now you also have a uh, you have a little one running around the house now too. I do, yes, my little boy, two year old, and he is wonderful. And we are expecting another little boy in December, so yeah, it's going to be crazy busy. So the the briar bird nest is full. That is correct. I like that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to see how many bird puns I can work into this as we go along. Please do. Uh, <laughs> Do you mind talking about the reason why you went from full-time to part-time? Oh, yeah, that's no problem at all. So, I mean, there's a couple of different reasons. Um, There's kind of been, obviously, I think a lot of people notice, a lot of new pipe makers, and there's kind of a lot of competition. I'm not really a competitive person for the most part, and, you know, if business gets down a little bit, that's you know, I, I have to take this as, well, when I was doing it full-time, I have to look at it as a business. And, you know, if sales were a little bit low, I, you know, I, I had to keep that in mind. So I started kind of looking elsewhere, and uh, I found a really great job that still allowed me to be creative. I, I work for a company and do kitchen design now, and it's it's kind of right up my alley. So it was kind of a no-brainer. It's you know, when you start to, okay, so I, I love making pipes. I, I'm, it's a passion of mine. But when it starts to become a little bit of a drag because you have to worry about certain things, then, then I think it's time to kind of step aside a little bit, do something else, and, and be able to get the, the love out of it again. And with me not doing it full time, it's, it's kind of a, a newfound love for it because it's not right there in my face every single day now. So the, uh, I mean, the steady paycheck is nice, and at the same time, that means that every pipe that you make now is made during a time when you want to be in there and you love what you're doing. Absolutely. Uh, when you were starting out, was there a shape of pipe that was harder for you to get a handle on? Yeah, um, I guess the blowfish shape, and, and to be honest with you, it's not it's not something that I absolutely love. It's not one of my favorite shapes by any means, but, you know, you, 
you see people doing it, and you see some of these people just doing it. It's so amazing. So it's, you know, one of those, I want to experiment with that sort of thing, and, you know, you get the, the bowl right where you want it to be, and then you get to the shank, and it looks like garbage. So there's probably, in my shop, in a corner someplace, probably about 12 to 14 stumbles just uh, sitting there, probably broken from me throwing them at the wall for messing <laughs> them up, but, yeah. <laughs> so if somebody wants to come clean up your shop, there's some stumbles they can play with. There you go. I, I don't think I've ever asked this of any other pipe maker, but which one of the classic shapes do you prefer? A straight billiard. I, I think that it's, uh, there's nothing better than it. It's, it's uh, a sexy pipe. It, it's just, just perfect in my eyes. Is And nobody's listening. Is there a classic shape that you absolutely hate and think is stupid and... Don't ever want to look at again. Um, would you consider the umpa under that category? <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of them, and and I've made a few of them, and then I vowed that I would never make any of them ever again. But you know, it's it's a it's an awkward looking shape. I mean, it still has its uh, its beauty, I guess, but just not really my thing. <laughs> Perfectly understandable, just like I can't stand Latakia. No, <laughs> you know what? I knew that about you. <laughs> yeah, I've heard that somewhere before, twice or three times. <laughs> um, you also you do some work with some adornments and other little stuff on the on the stems and the shanks. Uh, is that just the artist in you coming out? Definitely. I think that when you can add a little bit of flair to it, it's it's always a nice thing to, you know, just spice up the, that look a little bit. So I, I definitely like to, to do that sometimes. Not all the times. In all honesty, sometimes just a, a piece of ebonite and a piece of briar, there's there's nothing better than that. So Have, have you ever showed some of your uh, color combinations to your wife and she's looked at you and wondered what you were thinking or smoking? No, but it, it's funny because you know I, I usually I usually don't show her my pipes, and it's mostly because she'll look at it and say, "Well, is that just a little bit off right there?" <laughs> so sometimes I'll have to go back to the drawing board. It's a it's a a good and bad thing. So there's been a few times where I would walk out of the shop and be real proud of something and bring it in, and and just you know just like wives can do sometimes, you know they kind of bring you back down to reality. So. Mine doesn't have to say anything. She just has to give me that look, and I'm like, okay. <laughs> Away I go well, into the corner. We're getting to that point now, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, especially with a two-year-old and one on the way. I, I would imagine you're oh. getting that look occasionally more often. You wouldn't believe it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes, I would. <laughs> um. Just just for comparison between the uh, between the albatross and the briar bird pipes, how much how much time is involved in making each each one? Um, well, as far as you know, hours go. I mean, it really is very dependent on shape and finish and everything. But I, I've kind of got a formula down that I I can make about one and a half to two albatross pipes to every one full handmade Briarbird bite that I can make. 
So you can, uh, yeah, so it speeds it up a little bit for you, but not dramatically. Yeah. Uh, when you got into pipe making and you were poking around on the forums, who are the pipe makers that jumped out at you as one day I want to be them? Um, Rad Davis, number one, and his work was, you know, I mean, he's, he does a lot of classic shapes, which I love, but you know, he's got that beautiful blast that he always did. And, um, you know, some of these guys like, like Premel from Smoker's Haven, he's, yeah. You know, uh, an amazing pipe maker and and uh, a very generous person when it comes to knowledge of making pipes as well. So, um, I, I don't know. I think that those two guys would probably stand out the most. Did you ever get a chance to go and work with another pipe maker in their shop? Yeah, actually, uh, Premel's had me down before, and he's had an event where there was a lot of pipe makers there, and I was able to you know, watch a, a lot of these guys who are just absolutely amazing. Um, I'm trying to think if there was anybody else. I, I wouldn't consider that I had worked with them, you know, one-on-one -on -one by any means. But I, I think that might be the only case that I can think of, to be honest with you. Now, have you bought yourself anybody else's pipes or any other pipes since you made your own for you finally? Yeah, actually. Um, the nice thing about uh, the pipe makers, you know, the pipe maker community is a lot of guys are willing to, to do trades. You know, they like your work, you like their work. So um, I have a few pipes from from Mr. Ole of uh, Monstrosity Pipes. And, yeah. You know, I, they're so unique, and, and I, I love them. And I, I, have, uh, I have this little short, fat, billiard from Tony Warner that I, I just really wanted one of his pipes because I, I just loved his uh, rustication technique that he did. So that, that's uh, one of my go-to pipes, actually. <laughs> and, and do you ever smoke anything else besides English blends, or is, or your, your taste um, bud's gone? You know, I, I'll try most blends. I, I usually always come back to English, but I, I love Lane 1Q, though. That's that's one of my, my favorite pipes. I actually break in every pipe with with that, you know, as simple as it is. Now that you're uh, part-time, what, what pipe shows do you get to, or where can we go and see your pipes? Um, well, to be honest, I, I don't think I'm going to be able to attend any pipe shows this year. But um, as far as seeing my work, honestly, uh, social media is kind of my best outlet. I was never good at keeping my website updated. So I, I use Instagram and Facebook quite a bit for that sort of thing. If anybody needs to contact me, I, I usually have kind of always been contacted through those two outlets. So, And it's yeah. all under Briar, Bird, Pipes, uh, briarbirdpipes.com briarbirdpipes on Facebook and there's a hey there's a maybe the maybe Twitter actually stole your little bird and that's a briarbird Twitter <laughs> yeah that's a good point uh, look into that yeah uh, do you do consignments or uh, are you purely make them and sell them um, I, I usually well to be honest I, I've been busy with commissioned pipes 
so I really haven't had a chance to make any and, and try to sell them in quite some time. But that's kind of the most fun for me is just making a pipe without having any direction, so to speak. You know, I can kind of just, uh, you know, based on my mood, what shape I want to make, what style I want to do, you know, I, I prefer that, but I, I, I do love at the same time being able to create something for somebody, you know, who's looking for something specific that, that makes me feel very honored that they would ask me to, to do that for them. So I do like that. See, I think that's the guitar player in you where you just, you know, just give me the 12 bar blues and I'll just riff all over it and see what happens. <laughs> you know, that might be it. That could be it. See, and it, or it could be the long hair that you had while you're in the band, you know, and all, <laughs> and all the peroxide. <laughs> nice. Well, if you played at the whiskey, you have to have long hair. It, you know, it wasn't it wasn't too long actually. I, I have this uh, Sicilian blood in me, so my hair is very very thick, and once it gets to a certain length, it's just unmanageable. And yeah, but enough about hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I will say we did miss seeing you at uh, at Columbus recently, but yeah, I can understand with a little one and another one on the way, it'll uh, it'll slow down your travels a whole bunch. That is for sure. Yeah, I, I really wish I could have made it out there, um, seeing you know regular friends and whatnot that are there every year. That's that was definitely a bummer. Uh, Jason, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Yes, I am. What is your favorite pipe? My favorite pipe is my Tony Warner Billiard that he made me. And what is your favorite tobacco? That would probably be Frogmorton Cellar. And what is your favorite drink? Scotch. Well, wine. I'm going to say wine. Nice <laughs> Pinot Noir. Yeah, we're getting older, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Uh, when it's time to relax, which with a two-year-old, a baby on the way, a full-time job, and a part-time pipe-making job, there's not much to do that. Uh, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Um, movie, to be honest. Yeah, definitely movie. Yeah, pop in some eye candy and sit there and, uh, anyway. Um, <laughs> and final question, which I almost forgot. Haven't been doing this long enough, apparently. Uh, do you have any particularly favorite pipe smoking related memories that we haven't talked about that you want to share? Hmm. Probably, uh, I think it was Columbus Pipe Show, was it last year? Just uh, being with some friends and a, a, a person who was, uh, uh, they sold my pipes. Why can't I think of the right term? A retailer, excuse me, a retailer who I became really good friends with, um, staying up late at night, having some whiskey with them, and enjoying a pipe, that that would probably be my most fondest memory and best memory. Yeah. Fun times at those shows. Uh, Definitely. All right. The website is www.briarbirdpipes.com. 
com. Go on there. There's uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, other things, Instagrammy or whatever that is, and other musical <laughs> stuff. So check out Jason's Pipes. And uh, Jason, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you. I'm honored. We'll be back in just a minute. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. Do you need a reliable source for ordering pipes and tobacco? Do you find it difficult to get your favorite blends outside of the U.S.? Fournoggins.com stocks all of your favorite pipes and tobaccos and ships all over the world. All forms of payment are accepted and orders are processed the same day. There are no worries when ordering from Fournoggins.com. Fournoggins.com is your source for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. We ship in the U.S. and international with no worries. Fournoggins.com for all of your pipes and tobacco needs. This is Internet Radio. We are back and to continue the bag the uh the bad pun parade. Uh search and hunt around for a uh Briar Bird pipes and see if you can uh, bag yourself one. Anyway, um <laughs> alright, so for music, going back about uh well, about five weeks ago I was going through a uh, used record store. Yeah, I'm going to use CDs and use DVDs and, you know, all that fun stuff. Thumbing through there. And I came across a CD put out in 2001 by Jody Davis. And it's a solo album that he did where he wrote and performed. and Anyway, doing guitar and vocals on all of the songs and had several of his friends from Newsboys and others join in. Well, I decided to open it up and listen to it this morning, finally, and I'm flipping through it and listening and reading the liner notes. Found a song that was written by uh, Words of Music by Jody Davis and Keith Moore, both who have been on the show, both pipe smokers, both uh, talented musicians, and uh, Jody makes pipes, too. So, anyway, here is uh, Crush of Love from the 2001 self-titled solo album by Jody Davis. Thank you. 
bit of an audio geek but i love when a uh, i love when a musician plays around with the different channels and moves stuff from left to right and you get a little uh, you get a little extra dimension in there all right that's a uh, crush of love jody davis self-titled album back from 2001 find it <laughs> if you can find it pick it up yes you have new mail in the mailbag, we've got two weeks to catch up on, so let's go back two weeks ago first to the episode with Silver Gray on, and Dino says, a lovely conversation with a lovely lady who, by the way, makes some rather lovely pipes. There's a lot of lovelies in there, Dino. And then he goes on to say, um, my method of keeping stems and bits clean as I don't have a buffer, after each smoke I use fits, flits, F-L-I-T-Z, polish on the stem it's safe usda approved and finish with a coat of obsidian oil it works for me an entertaining show thanks dino uh anybody else out there use uh, flitz polish and the obsidian oil let me know what you think of it um i play guitar says another fun episode there brian silver is a great lady i hung out with her with both her and brad this past chicago show Great people. I also caught the nod, the nod to Gene Wilder at the end of your show. Nice touch. Best to you, Jorge. Thank you very much. And uh, Casey Ghost says, good show. 
Uh, Silver was a fun guest, a nice touch on the Gene Wilder tribute. And then Al Jones said, uh, Brian, you need to pick up a vintage Savinelli Pipe Boy to mount in your new Mini. And uh, put a link in there for me, and I'm not sure if I want to mount anything on her quite yet. Uh, except for a couple of uh, Disney stickers. And then, going forward uh, to last week with Rich Esserman, uh, New Broom says... Congratulations and much appreciation for achieving five years. Uh, the Pipes Magazine radio show is an essential part of my week. One more source of validation. Yay, pipe tobacco, puff on Mike. Thank you very much. And uh, Casey Ghost says, wow, what a show. Rich was just a fabulous guest. I've seen him at shows but never introduced myself to him. His love of gargantuan pipes is known throughout the pipe world. He's also well known for mixing tobaccos. He doesn't smoke a tobacco straight often. Congratulations on the uh, fifth year. I can't imagine how you are doing it. <laughs> well, you can listen to how I'm doing it. Um, yeah, and Rich goes back with his blending to that uh, base blend idea that he was talking about with Dunhill and all their custom blends, how it's not really multiple, uh, it's not really wide variations of blends. It's uh, slight changes of a base blend. So that's what Rich does. Uh, Dino said, Rich Esserman is a wonderful and informative conversationalist. It's always a pleasure to hear him speak of pipes and pipe men. His reminiscences of Ed Lehman were reflective of all who knew Ed. He was, uh, Ed was a charter member of the Chicago Club, one of the uh, progenitors of the Chicago show, and truly a good friend to all who knew him. I always seek out Rich at the Chicago shows to say hello and kibitz about pipes and tobaccos. He's one of the venerable pipe men of our community. I'm waiting anxiously for next week's conversation, which will be next week, uh, which is already pre-recorded, and I know what it is. And then uh, Dino goes on to say Mazel Tov to the start of five... The start of year five of this great show, and thanks for four years of entertainment, information, and camaraderie. You are welcome, Dino. Um, Listening back to the show again, one of the things that uh, impressed me is Rich has not only been smoking a pipe, but he's been active in the pipe collecting hobby all these years. I mean, going back to the ephemeris, and that's 35, 40 years of thoughts and ideas and memories of the pipe collecting hobby all in one head so that's why uh, i was happy to record another segment with him which we'll all hear on uh, next week's show and then uh, finally p russ says thanks for this episode brian and congrats on entering season five i really enjoyed the change of pace with this episode listening to rich tell stories is always a treat and I appreciate the format changes you made to the show to accommodate this. As you've mentioned in the past, the format of the Pipes Magazine radio show has the late show vibe. This episode reminded me more of Larry King, where you let the guests set the pace and tell the stories. It was a refreshing change-up. Thank you. And then he says, As a former flautist, I really enjoy James Galway's work, but the gem in Play It Again, Sam, has to be Cleo Lane. God, what a voice. She can sing to me anytime. Hope the trip to Germany was fruitful. All the best, Pat. Uh, yeah, I'm glad I found that piece because that, that, uh, that was really pretty. 
All right. Uh, any comments or suggestions, email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com if you don't want to post them publicly. Or post them right there on the Pipes Magazine radio show page on pipesmagazine.com. I uh, enjoy reading them all and appreciate it all. Uh, and uh, a little, uh, another little couple of comments from uh, from being in Germany. I uh, had a gentleman from uh, from Greece come up to me and tell me how much he enjoys the show, as well as from Belarus, which was exciting to hear. Another uh, another country. But, uh, yeah, glad to keep the show going and keep people out there, and we'll keep trying to do some interesting things with it and maybe do a few little, uh, few more little uh, conversational episodes like that one with Rich Esserman as we go further on. All right, in just a minute, going to rant on gummy bears. Smokingpipes.com has been my family's tradition for over 10 years. My granddad enjoys his evening pipe on the front porch. My father prefers his in the study, and well, me, I like to hang outside the local coffee shop with a pipe in one hand and my smartphone in the other. The best selection is at SmokingPipes.com. They always have the exact pipe I'm looking for. Savinelli, Peterson, Dunhill, and great stuff from dozens of top artisans around the world. Plus, they have over 70 tobacco brands with 750 blends to choose from. Lighters, tampers, tobacco jars, yep, they have that too. But the best part about SmokingPipes.com is that it's easy to order from my computer, tablet, or even my smartphone. And if Granddad has trouble with technology, he can always call them at 1-888-366-0345. I heard that. Do you think I'm deaf? I'm the one who told you about SmokingPipes.com, and I had a smartphone before you. You kids today, blah, blah. SmokingPipes.com. Make it your family tradition. Gummy bears, yes, the candy gummy bears that were so popular here in the United States about, oh, I don't know, 20, 25 years ago that there was a a TV show, a children's TV show called Gummy Bears, and it was based off of these little candy bears. Well, when the gummy bears first came to the United States, the candy, which is a German traditional treat, they're primarily called golden bears there, uh, the, the candy came over here and then got popular and they started making them here as well. Well, alright, so two years back was the first time I'd ever had the chance to try gummy bears that were made in Germany. Uh, the hotel that I stayed at put a little pack of gummy bears out on the bed at night so that when you get back to the room you had a little snack. Alright, and one of the nights I got up, I was hungry in the middle of the night, and I actually had these gummy bears. Well, since then, I've had this uh, secret uh, two-year love affair with European-made or German-made gummy bears. Because they taste so much better than the gummy bears we can get over here. How much better? They taste so much better to the point that last year, when I grabbed as many packs of gummy bears as I could from the hotel... There was a fight at home over who got to eat the gummy bears. To solve that problem, this year I brought home not just one bag, not just two bags, 
five bags of gummy bears bought in Germany, made in Europe in the German way, in the traditional flavors. We are talking about the classic gummy bears, gummy candy shaped like bears, and then they have some other shapes that are like airplanes and other things. We have a total of 2.2 kilos of gummy bears here for me to snack on and for my wife to have a few if she's allowed uh, for a while. They're just that good. Just like the beer I talked about, hey, the German gummy bears, if you ever get a chance, try them. Uh, If I were going to run for president, I'd run on a platform of better gummy bears for everybody. All right, there you go. Uh, Hey, do me a favor. If you're on iTunes, leave us a rating or review. Tell all your friends about the Pipes Magazine radio show. And remember, brand new episodes appear every Tuesday night on uh, PipesMagazine.com at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And then you can pick them up on iTunes, Stitcher, Podkicker, all those other pod things as you go. I want to thank Jason for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Cares about the clouds when we're together. Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. story on those fish balls. Coming right out. I'll hurry it up, all right? All I've had today is like six gummy bears and some scotch.